Warning, this podcast may contain explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the Noisemaker Podcast, where we interview bands that you may have never found anywhere else. We are your number one spot for discovering all new music. Get to know artists, understand what drives them, and hear from some of their top tracks. Join me, your host, Rocky Ferenberg, as we give rise to the underground world of music and set out to do what so many others have failed to, be a staple for the independent musician. Now... Let's make some noise.
Welcome back, everyone. This is episode six of the Noisemaker podcast. If this is your first time joining us, then welcome. If you're returning, then thank you. If you like what we're doing here, please like, subscribe, and rate us with a five-star review. We are on all your favorite streaming platforms like iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook at NoisemakerPod. This is the Noisemaker Podcast, where we help you with that horrible problem that we all face, where to find new and original music. On the line with me is Alicia from Heart of Ale. How you doing, Alicia? Hey, good. How are you doing? Oh, excellent, excellent. Just enjoying another wonderful weekend. It's the birthday weekend, so... Yeah. <laughs> Insert noisemaker here, right? Yeah, that's right. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, you know, it's it's crazy. It, it, uh, there's never a dull weekend, I'll tell you that much. It, last week I had my parents here, now it's my birthday. It just never seems to end, does it? No. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's kick this off by getting to know everyone in the band. We We only have you on right now, but who is everyone, what instruments do they play, and what, if anything, do they do for the band? Okay, so uh, Greg Hansen is the guitar player and composer of all the musical parts, and he also records and edits and does all of that, and he's my business partner in the band and co-founder. And then there's Mick Barnes, who plays bass and also does a lot of the electronic stuff and built up a little little sound thing to do all our music from and he also has the tour bus and then there's me who is the co-founder of the band i manage book and write all the lyrics well great so let's let's get this out of the way at the very beginning you obviously sound a lot like evanescence and particularly amy lee's uh vocal style so was this a direct inspiration or did your style of singing just happen to fall into place with that heavy rock genre so i mean i i love amy lee and evanescence and i definitely when i was going to college had discovered them but um we were also influenced by bands by like Nightwish and Within Temptation, who were similar to Evanescence, but they're European bands, and Evanescence is like the closest. So, I mean, we are influenced by them, but we're definitely a bit more symphonic than they are. <laughs> Can you expand on the previous questions a little bit more? Give some more background information. I mean, like, how was the band formed? Was everyone on the same page as far as style and genre, or did everything kind of become like a jam session and then lead to Heart of Ale? Okay, so um, I was a music major in college and started out composing like acoustic music and music to piano and was working with some people. And I found Greg on MySpace from a musician I was previously working with. And him and I had kind of been talking because he had, you know, he was doing his own thing and I was doing mine and we met up and said, you know, I like your style because he was doing kind of the symphonic stuff and a lot of instrumental and I was doing a lot of vocally driven stuff. And so we decided to try to collide or mix those together and see how they worked. And from like day one, we just meshed. And so we really liked the symphonic metal with an operatic voice kind of thing and ran with that. And then found members who kind of had the same drive. And Mick loves, you know, bands like Nightwish and he likes Phantom of the Opera. And he's also very classically trained. So when we added him, he was really excited to, to be doing this with us. So let's talk a little bit about your writing process. Can you paint a picture of what the writing process looks like for you and the rest of the guys in the band? 
Sure. So uh, Greg will come up with an idea and he'll start composing all of this music stuff and do ideas of what he likes because he writes all the in- instrumental parts. Mick will sometimes add his his time, but generally Greg writes all the parts and then sends them to me. And then I sit and listen to the music and listen and listen and listen until it speaks to me and tells a story. And then I write the lyrics out. And then once I have the lyrics, I go over to Greg's and record the vocals. And that's kind of how we get it done. Which is usually opposite, because usually the singer, you know, will do the lyrics and do that and send it to the band. But this seems to work for us, and Greg and I are pretty on point about what we want and what we envision for a song. So there's usually not much of a conflict of what, you know, I'll be like, oh, I hear this and that. And usually Greg will be like, oh, yeah, I was hearing that, too. So it works really well. Yeah, and see, whenever uh, my band used to write music, I, I did a lot of the writing, even though I didn't sing. Also, also our vocalist wrote a lot as well, so... A lot of times whenever I wrote, I kind of just wrote to a format and didn't really place any type of melody into it. I mean, I, I obviously had a melody because you had to write to something, but I kind of let him do his his own thing with it. I was okay, wait, you know, it fits in all the measures, so I know these lyrics fit. Right. <laughs> and, and you know, so I wrote a lot of stuff, but he also wrote, you know, you don't want me up there. You don't want me up there singing, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> so where did the name Heart Avail actually come from? So the name Art of Ale came from, we started out just Alicia and Greg, and we decided as we started adding other members, we should probably come up with a band name. So everyone was kind of kicking around names and being dorky, and Greg was like, well, I have this song that I wrote called Heart of Ale, and, you know, literally it means heart help or heart available. And so we were like, well, that's perfect. I mean, heart help, we're here to help everybody. And so it just kind of stuck. and it fit the band and so that's how we came with that great i am certainly a big fan of helping other people yeah at the top of the show we heard fight for life which is a track you were telling me before the show that wasn't on the ep that i got from you guys a while back but is going to be put together with some other songs on your upcoming lp correct yeah so that was the single we released a couple months ago to kind of start promoting the new album. So what is Fight for Life about? So Fight for Life was, it was inspired by Chris Cornell and then Chester had committed suicide. And they were like just a few months apart. And then I was struggling with my own kind of mental illness, depression stuff. And it was kind of inspired by that of encouraging people that, you know, one in four people have a mental illness and you can live with this and you can overcome this. And Suicide is not an option. And so that was what Fight for Life was, to be authentic and real, that you're not alone. There are other people that are going through this, and you can make it. And that was what Fight for Life was for. Excellent. So the, the next song we're about ready to hear is called No Happy Endings. So is this kind of the same vein as Fight for Life, or are these kind of two separate ideas? What What's No Happy Endings about? Uh, no happy endings was I had a relationship where the person had decided they just didn't want to be around me anymore at all. And I wasn't sure what was going on and why this was happening. It was very random. And it turned out that person actually had schizophrenia. And so no happy endings was dealing with that kind of relationship that had suddenly become very estranged. Well, it sounds like you have a lot of um, emotional connection to the songs that you are writing, which is always makes them makes them always so much better when when uh you're performing and 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 getting your music out there so this next track is going to be no happy endings from heart avail 
play guitar like me? Hey y'all, this is Rocky Fernberg from the Noisemaker Podcast, and I wanted to tell you all about warming guitars. We all know that tone is the soul of the guitar, and pickups create that perfect sound. Still, the price of pickups can really break the bank. These guys at Warming Guitars crank out some rad pickups at an affordable price. I have been a boutique pickups guy my whole life. However, I find that the tone I pull out of Warman's pickups is comparable to top manufacturers without the outrageous markup. I endorse Warman Guitars as a common sense alternative to pickups. And right now, Warman Guitars is offering exclusively to my listeners 20% off. That's right. When you go to warmingguitars.co.uk and enter Noisemaker20 at checkout, you'll receive 20% off your purchase. These pickups are already ridiculously affordable, and yet Warman wants to offer the listeners of the Noisemaker podcast an additional 20% off by entering Noisemaker20 at checkout. So take a minute and visit my friends over at warmingguitars.co.uk and pick up your 20% off when you use Noisemaker20 at checkout. Warming Guitars, a new heritage. Alright, so we're back with Alicia from Heart Avail. 
So, Alicia, we all know that there's a possibility that band members change sometimes. And I do know that you guys had a rough time with a drummer in the past. Although, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not trying to be TMZ here or anything, you know. Oh, no, we're <laughs> not, still drummerless. So. Okay, well, then that kind of d- dives into the question. Because I was going to say, when you came to the area, you guys really took the stage and killed it, despite not having a drummer. So my question really is, what was the tour experience like with program drums so it's funny because around here you know a lot of these venues and it's spokane it's not that big but there's like this little diva attitude and a lot of the venues are like well we don't want to play if you're sans drummer and it it was kind of one of those things that were like well it's really not that big of a deal if you know how to cover it up it should be fine until you find a drummer there are a lot of bands and with like EDM and all that kind of stuff coming out, this really isn't that new of a concept. It's just new to metal. So when we toured, we didn't, nobody had any issue with it. Like everyone was like, I didn't even notice you didn't have a drummer at first. You guys were really there in front, you know, and you didn't make it, you didn't make it weird at all. And so that was, that was really cool. And that was, it was something we were very nervous about, of course, because our drummer had quit right before tour. And so we're like, well, we either don't do it or we just do tracks and it just it made the band tighter i feel like because you know now everyone's using inner ears and there's a click and everyone is spot on which a lot of bands don't do that kind of stuff anymore so so if you're a drummer out there looking for a band i think heart of ale has definitely decided no drummer right <laughs> oh no we we actually do want a drummer uh we're just incredibly picky about it and the you know we've a lot of people can't play to a track and that's a requirement. Like you need to be able to play to a click, which a drummer should be able to <laughs> anyway, a good drummer should be able to, but apparently that is a major issue. So we are looking for a drummer, but you know, egos are a big thing too, that we've noticed with drummers. They, they all think they're God and they're not. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. I, I think that egos are, are a big thing among musicians, period. And so oh, yeah. it's, it, I mean, I've met a lot of guitarists, to the, whose heads are way too big mm-hmm. for their body, you know? But anyway, so you were talking about like some of the places you've played and, and kind of started diving into that a little bit. And we kind of started talking about egos. So I, you mentioned that you're from Spokane. Can you tell me a little bit about the music scene in Spokane and, and maybe even the greater Washington area, maybe even into Idaho a little bit, because you guys are right there next to Northern Idaho. What's the music scene like there for you guys? It's starting to change in a good way where uh, it used to be a lot of egos and it would be one band was a popular band and that's who everybody played and then that band wouldn't want to play with anyone else. It was kind of, you know, the screamo stuff that was really popular. Now we have kind of a scene where everybody is supporting each other and all the genres are kind of working together. So we have, you know, everything from acoustic to folk to metal to rock to alternative and then us who's like the symphonic that you know there's there's a few bands like that around here as well so it's kind of an eclectic mix there isn't a whole lot of pop music it's more rock and acoustic based it seems to be the the main thing around here and Idaho's a little more metal I think than we are even a lot of bands that come there but then you know you go to a place like Lewiston and there's a lot of really really good cover bands there so yeah it's really great whenever you have a have a diverse set of musicians and bands in the area because it allows for exposure to a lot of different styles and a lot of different sounds instead of just having it be one specific genre in your area that overruns the market yeah and that's you know that's what we went through we had a lot of that screamo metal was what was super popular and that's kind of 
faded out. And I'm, I'm glad to see that there's some other, you know, old rock is coming back that a lot of the stuff from the nineties that we used to do, we're kind of seeing a resurgence of. And I know a lot of bands don't want to work with other genres, but what they don't realize is you bring different kinds of fans too. And fans aren't just loyal to one kind of music. They like good music. So if you expose them to a bunch of different music, it kind of shows them, hey, there's a lot of dick out there. So whenever you guys went out to start touring or whenever you were starting to book the shows, did you think that booking and touring for a female fronted band, especially one that wasn't, you know, screaming, had more of a softer vocal approach, did you find it to be kind of a difficult sell to clubs or were clubs pretty much on board with it? Um, I haven't really, ex- I mean, it takes a lot. I, I've been trying to book this tour since December. And I've probably emailed over 400 venues and some of them don't even reply. And I don't even know if it's because it's our style of music or if they just like a certain kind. It has been a little bit of a challenge because we do have that symphonic sound and they don't really know where we fit because we, you know, we have this metal element to us, but then there's this classical element. And then you have a singer who has a four octave range, which like people aren't really sure about. But generally, clubs that do book us are really on board for the music, and they love it, and they're excited. You know, we haven't heard anything like this, and Ann Wilson, and, you know, that that kind of thing. So it, it hasn't been too hard, but it's not easy either. Booking tour is, I think it's difficult for anyone, unless you're an A-list or band. People just don't want to book you. It gets a little nerve-wracking. I, I knew the way that that was whenever I was doing a lot of booking, so. I got something little off the wall for you here. Let's uh, let's put it this way. Do you believe in Bigfoot or <laughs> do you believe like in any cryptozoological or mythological creatures at all? Yeah, of course. I don't think anything's out of the realm of possibility. I think that though it's a big place. I was about to say, if you had to pick one, one specific zoological creature or a Bigfoot, Loch Ness monster, anything like that, that you would say that you for sure believe is out there somewhere, which one would it be? Oh, I totally think, oh gosh. <laughs> I mean, I think anything in the water is definitely still there. Like, I think the Loch Ness monster could totally exist because we've only explored, like, I think it's 10% of the water, which means there is a whole amount of it that we have no clue what. So, I absolutely believe there can be <laughs> water stuff. But it's the same thing with, you know, like Bigfoot. I, there's so much footage and stuff out there, and there's a lot of forest that we're not out in, and we stay in our houses a lot. So there's a lot that goes on right under our noses that we have no clue about. So this this next track is called No Remorse. Do you want to give us a little bit of background on No Remorse? Oh, sure. Uh, so we're not a big fan of our hometown. <laughs> they, uh, they are the worst supporters of our music, period. We go anywhere else and we do great. But in our own town, you know, they're, <laughs> they're not great. And so I was really angry after a show and some stuff that had happened and so i was like screw this town and no remorse was about leaving it and not coming back so (laughs) i'm sure that we all kind of have that moment where we want to leave our our town and just take off running for a minute so yeah i'm sure everybody had that you know so i just put it down on a song (laughs) all right this is no remorse by heart avail
you're looking for a professional screen printer, Ghost Town Hardware has high quality staff to accommodate all your screen printing needs. Are you in a band, on a sports team, or looking for company t-shirts? Whatever it may be, Ghost Town Hardware provides skilled professionals that will complete the job on time. Ghost Town Hardware strives to provide the best product at the perfect price. I have personally used Ghost Town Hardware several times in the past. Not only did my band repeatedly purchase shirts, stickers, and more, but I also used Ghost Town Hardware to provide attire for my event staff. I have been treated fairly and with respect, which is not something everyone can say. Right now, for new clients, Ghost Town Hardware is offering 60% off all setup fees when you use the promo code NOISEMAKER60. Once again, Ghost Town Hardware is taking over half of the setup fee price off for new clients when you use NOISEMAKER60. To redeem your 60% off setup fees, just email josh at gthardware at gmail.com. That's g-t-h-a-r-d-w-e-a-r at gmail.com. Or you can call at 208-731-3566. Again, that's 208-731-3566. And use the promo code NOISEMAKER60 to get 60% off your setup fees. Ghost Town Hardware. Quality over quantity. Some restrictions may apply. with the final section here with Alicia and I've got a few more questions for you. So we have seen a lot of advances towards moving away from the industrial side of music of the music scene, like moving away from the music industry, but we still seem to have this big brother, you know, you know, of the music industry looming over us. It still seems like you have to, you know, sell your soul for rock and roll if you want to make it. So what do you think the steps that fans and musicians should take to support artists rather than the Goliath of the music industry? Uh, the first thing is go to local shows and support local musicians. That is where they make most of their money. Buy CDs from touring bands, promote bands, help show that we don't need those guys. If you take out that third middle man and just deal directly with bands and talk to them, it's going to make that go away. You know, And I think that's, that's one of the biggest things that bands can do. And bands just don't buy into that crap. You know, like, we had a manager and all of that before. And we decided that everything we're, they were doing, we could do ourselves. And we were doing by ourselves anyway. No one worked as hard for my band as I did. So you don't need all of that. You just don't be lazy. You have to get off your ass and actually do stuff and try. And if you do, you, we can make this successful. Yeah, I would, I would certainly agree with that. It's, it's hard. There's a couple bands that we've played with around here that go out to almost everybody's show and and I applaud them. I, I would like to go out to a lot more shows. I just usually, usually am so busy, but that's a big thing that I think as well. You know, bands not only should go out there and play their sets, but they should also go see other bands that are coming through. Yes. If you're in a band and, and, and you're playing and you want to see people come, then be that person also. Go out there and see the other bands playing. Yeah, and help promote other musicians too. Like I promote other musicians' music all the time because that's something we should do. If musicians stop trying to fight each other and compete for being the best and works together as a team, it would make it a lot harder to destroy that. 
what makes it easy is when everybody's out fighting for themselves instead of working together. And that's kind of, you know, that's something that we're really big about. We didn't, we don't just play with big bands. We played with a band in California last year, and they're coming here to Spokane. So we jumped on that show to help support them. Like, you do things like that. And, yeah, we all have lives, and we're all busy. But, you know, if we wanted the people to come to our show, you have to say that their shows are important, too. What was your favorite show that you ever played, and what was the reason? Was it the band, or was it the crowd size, or was it just a super good show? What, what was your favorite show? My favorite show... Actually, my favorite show that we ever did was uh, we were did a little mini tour with uh, Lower Savannah and Strange for New Year's Eve and showed up to Rawlings, Wyoming. Yeah, and, I know that is. <laughs> yeah, it's tiny, right? Like, there's nobody out there. We're like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be such a hole-in-the-wall show. and No one's going to show up. The venue puts us up in this gorgeous hotel, and we go in, and the place is packed. It's like all these people that were just super excited that rock music was there and there was champagne flowing and we ended up like doing a little drum circle with the other band and it just it was a really good fun time you know and there was just a lot of support and the venue supported the bands and the band supported the venue and the fans were amazing and it was it was a really cool show we we broke down in Rock Springs coming back from a show my band did and so we stayed there for I think it was like two nights broke down and I lived in Wamsutter I used to work at an oil rig out there so Wamsutter is where that little Love's gas station is between uh, Rock Springs and Rawlings and there's like a little trailer mm-hmm. court there yeah I lived there on a, on an oil rig and so yeah that that little stretch of road from Rock Springs to Rawlings a lot of memories for me in that area and that's not really a particular area that some you say Rawlings Wyoming and people don't go yeah I know exactly where that is you know. <laughs> like in the middle of nowhere and we're driving to it like it's like one stretch of road you know the whole way from salt lake to there and like all right well (laughs) so if you can give uh one piece of advice to a younger musician or a band what would it be don't give up it's a really really hard industry to be in it's you know you're gonna get a lot of people telling you you can't do it and that this is a dream that nobody can have and it's just stupid and it's not and you have to develop thick skin you have to do that now because you're going to hear a lot of crap from people but the payoff is totally worth it because you get to do what you love so don't give up great advice that seems to be a common thread that kind of goes along with what a lot of other people say patience is a top one that people talk about with advice to younger musicians and younger bands so that kind of fits in that same vein well, yeah, because television tells us that you're going to get famous overnight. You're going to get discovered in the bowling alley. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. <laughs> so is there anything you want to plug, any shout-outs you want to throw, other bands you want to plug, or tell people where they might be able to find your music? I, I will link to your music and your social media in the show notes, but here's a chance to plug whatever whatever you like. We have an album coming out June 15th, which is in 13 days, and it's also our tour release. Uh, kickoff and we will be out on tour for five weeks and you should check out our tour schedule because we would love to see everybody and check out our new CD it's pretty cool we've been working hard on it and we're excited for everyone to see it great sounds awesome sounds like you guys are having a a good time out there we are (laughs) thank you Rocky no problem it's been really great chatting with you so why don't we go ahead and wrap up and let you just go ahead and talk about the last song we have to play here which is laid it to rest All right, Laid to Rest, a romantic 
kind of relationship that kept going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth for many, many years. And it was kind of my way of saying, I'm done with this. I'm not going to keep going back and forth anymore. So that's what laid to rest is. Yeah, it's, it's, it, we're going to lay this, lay it to rest. That's right. It is laid to rest and done. <laughs> well, great. Thanks, Alicia. This is Laid to Rest by Heart of Man.
So I hope everyone had a good time listening to my interview with Alicia from Heart of Ale. These guys and gal are super awesome. I really liked them when they came through. It was super memorable because they didn't have a drummer and we had these programmed drums and I didn't know how it was going to go because you don't have that human element where you're able to look back at the drummer if, if somebody falls off and be able to coordinate where to come back on. The drums just keep playing. So if you can't find that groove is pre-recorded, it can be complicated and it can go downhill really fast and it didn't and that i think is a testament to how great of a band heart avail actually is plus having a band out there that kind of has that evanescence feel is certainly unique so these guys are really great guys and gal are really great and i'm hoping that we get a chance to work with them in this area and get a chance to see them live again so be sure to tune in next week because we're going to have a shock rock comedy punk metal band from california on and i've got a soft spot for comedy and shock rock so it will be a great interview we'll really be diving into some of the elements of the writing process with comedy and shock rock once again i would like to thank everyone for listening please like subscribe give us a review i've included links to the band's pages and their music in the show notes if you have questions or comments please feel free to email me at noisemakerpod at gmail.com Until next time, don't stop following your dreams.